Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Good afternoon, Savage to Sage followers. I am have the privilege to be to be on this uh, this recording uh, with Ron Tony, and he is the CEO of Picture Marketing. And uh, we're excited to have him on here today. Excited to be here. It's Tonini, one toe and two knees. Tonini. Yeah, one toe, yeah. One toe and two knees, a body part name. Tonini. Forgive me for that, Ron. I thank you so much for clarifying that. I appreciate that. No worries. Yeah. You've been with Picture Marketing for, you know, we told before the, before the podcast for about 20 years. Can you tell me like kind of a, you know, a concise bio? companies founded and kind of the path where you are, you know, how, what brought you here today? Sure. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if 20 years is concise in any way, but it doesn't seem concise at this point. I was in uh, uh, the travel business and had a very successful uh, travel business uh, before this. And Terry, my partner, was in the uh, computer building business. He had a successful computer building company. In fact, Bill Walsh was their spokesman. And at one point they were the highest selling computer in some, ma- in some major stores, the best selling computer. Uh, and we, we marketed luxury cruises, mm. but we both saw opportunities here in the internet market. And I sold my company to American Express and he sold his company. And uh, Terry came to me with terrible business plans, not plans that he wanted to promote, but plans that other people were getting funded for three million, four million, six million dollars, and I was looking through these plans, and I thought, "This, this is nonsense. This is silly. People are throwing money at, at silly things. If we could come up with a good idea, I'm, you know, we can get funded too." So Terry came up with a great idea in, in concert with a couple of, of his buddies to take digital photos, which was a brand new thing at the time, and post them to the web and build an e-commerce model around that with sponsors and with. Uh, uh, links and connections and sharing and all the stuff that, you know, would be common sense now, but was kind of cutting edge uh, uh, back then. So I, we jumped in and we said, okay, we'll build, a, we'll build a plan. And we spent the next 60, 90 days writing a business plan, hiring tech people, getting it all together. This was in January of, of 2000. Of course, in April of 2000, everyone knows what happened, but it all, it all came crashing down. But we were getting verbal confirmations uh, before that point in time and verbal commitments to, uh, to fund us. We thought uh, we died and went to heaven. Here was a cool plan. It was fun. Uh, we built it. We were uh, business people who kind of knew what we were doing and put the plan together, brought it to the funders. They all said yes. Tom crash happened and then they all said no. <laughs> so <laughs> that all kind of predictable. So, um, but we kept building and kept going and we're looking at kind of what we had and what we could do with it and who would, who would buy it. And, you know, at that point it, it didn't look great because there was, it seemed like there was no buyers all of a sudden and no one, no one interested in funding it. So we had to bootstrap it and that's indeed what we started doing. You know, we bootstrapped the company. Uh, we got some family and friend investments, just started building the mechanism and the software that would take any photo or video and build fun stuff that happened with it and posted on, posted on the web. And I think the Lincoln Mercury was our first kind of big, big deal at an event. And it was, that was perfect. What it was perfectly designed to do was put 
have a brand or agency take it to an event like that, take photos. I mean, they're, they're putting up $100,000 and $200,000 tents. What do people do in those tents? They walk around and you know, they hand out tchotchkes. And, and so our argument at that point was you're handing out 50 bucks worth of tchotchkes. Instead of doing that, you know, hand out a digital photo and we're going to build something of value immediately into that. Instead of letting people walk away with 50 bucks worth of junk and a deck of cards and a hat and a t-shirt, actually give them something that's going to create a connection with them. We had survey built, a survey built into it all. So you have a photo of the people. They have a fun connection to the company, a warm, fuzzy connection, and you've collected data, uh, built a, a data file around it. So that, that's kind of how it, how it unfolded. I think in a way, we almost didn't know what we had at, at first. I think a couple months into the company, I was walking with a cousin of mine, and I was describing the company to him. And he said, I, I still don't understand what you do. So I'm describe it again. He goes, and about the third time I went through it, he goes, he goes you're, you're a data collection company. You're, you're a survey company. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> We're a data collection company. So... It evolved from there over 20 years. That's amazing. And I'm just thinking about the amount of technology advancements within that space that you're describing has just been light years. It has. And that's, that was kind of uh, both a blessing and a bane. I mean, we, I remember as we were making progress with the technology, first thing we were doing, Kyle, was taking a photo and writing down your email on a piece of paper. Um, so, you know, and you can imagine how that went. So uh, then P- Palm Pilot came out and Palm Pilot had a stylus and, you know, all of a sudden we, we built the technology in to record your email and that stylus and marry it to the photo. And, and we were doing this all ourselves. I mean, we're, you know, we're entrepreneurs, but we're, you know, we're, we're out there doing it. And I remember uh, we were up at Mammoth Mountain and Mammoth had just signed up to do this with us. And I'm out there in a blizzard with the stylus in my hand, writing down someone's email address. And I dropped the stylus and it, it stilettoed into the snow. And, it, you know, at that point, it's gone. And I'm thinking, <laughs> so I look at the stylus, I look at the Palm Pilot and go, all right, well, th- this didn't work, you know, next. So, <laughs> so then we went to um, a, a camera company, went to Rico. And Rico had a camera that they were using that that uh, could accept a a barcode reader. So we said, "Oh well, this this is it." Now it was a bright yellow camera. We met with them, met with their executives, and put together a deal with them where we were going to change the name of the of the product to the Rico Photos App Camera, and uh, we put it in the back of magazines and in, you know, inside great ads and they backed it uh, not financially and not even not even legally which was kind of a mistake but uh, they couldn't they couldn't get to the point where they actually would sign a deal but they they supported it supported us doing it and were excited that we were doing it and gave us some exclusivity of distribution uh, so now all of a sudden we had camera uh, and we developed a, a, a pelican case box and we ter- uh, changed the product into picture marketing in a box. So you had a Pelican case, a small Pelican case with a camera in it and cards that the barcode reader would read. And we created a persona around this product and said, okay, here's, you know, here's Kathy and Kathy's going to buy the picture marketing in a box. And she's going to be our part of our army of photographers that buy this product 
and go out and take photos. And the back end is where you set up all the customizations. So Kathy would log in and set up her customizations on the back end so she could go out and take Lincoln Mercury branded photos or whatever whatever her brand was uh, with her picture marketing in the box. And we had visions of uh, warehouses lined up with these. In fact, we we rented a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we bought, I think, three or 400 of them and okay. bought the Pelican cases and uh, lo and behold, we, we couldn't sell many of them. There weren't many Kath- there weren't many Cathy's out there. So anyway, there was a there was a bunch of learnings like that that we went through in the course of our history that were you know some surprises, some things we weren't some unexpected turns to the left and right that we uh, we didn't never anticipated. But uh, but to your earlier point about the technology kind of racing along, uh, it does. And if and if you're not careful, and even if you are careful, I mean. It, it races along and it races past you. So, you know, we were definitely a, a bleeding edge technology and people saw it and said that you guys are bleeding edge. This is, you know, this is very cool, but you're, you're ahead of the curve. You know, I mean, when, by the time you're dropping the stylus in the snow, you you realize painfully you're bleeding edge. <laughs> so we had to be prepared and, and weren't always prepared for the technology kind of racing past us because, you know, pretty soon it was a, the iPhones came out and they could take photos, but it was a lousy photo. And then it was an okay photo. And now it's an amazing photo. But that also opened up the market to wide swath of competition because now really, instead of being one of the two or three people in the nation that were doing this, now just about anyone that could, you know, has some programming smarts behind them could build something like what we had a reflection of what we had or, you know, a shadow of it in any case. So we had a million bells and whistles, but if you just needed to, you know, send a photo along captured by an iPad, all of a sudden there was there was competition doing that that we never anticipated before. So so there were some you know slaps in the face along the way uh, like that also. I, I mean, I just I, I can't. I mean, yeah, I just can't imagine being in the industry where it's just lightning speed like that. Like you look at other industries, and that's definitely not the case. But I mean, the industry that you guys have been in. I mean, I, to me, it's a testament, you know, to kind of that you've stayed with that and that type of industry for so long. I mean, it's amazing. So for me, I'm like, okay, so today what, you know, it seems like it's evolved so much with technology. What does it look like today uh, for picture marketing? Well, we've kind of in some ways come full circle and then gone full circle again and (laughs) on the revolving wheel. Yeah. Um, So we, you know, we looked at, you know, what we had and what it is and, and what it can do and what kind of company are we, you know, are we, we wanted to be a software company. That's where we started out. We didn't want to be an event services company, but the market was demand, demanding event services. So we couldn't really resist that because that's, that's where the money was being made. You know, the money that kept us, that made us survive. So brands and agencies were calling us up saying, we want you in Cleveland Saturday night to do this. And, you know, no, nobody, I grew up in Cleveland. I didn't want to go back to Cleveland. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to go to Cleveland. Um, so, but that, that was kind of the nature, nature of the beast. So they, they, and then, you know, if you're not careful, the gravity of the situation pulls you into that. And before you, before we knew it, we were an event services firm. And that's, that's not a glorious business. It's hardly an investable business, certainly hardly a purchasable business. And so we went from this rocket ship of building software that we thought would be phenomenal 
and easily sellable in the early dot-com days. I think it would have been to morph into an event services company that provided this, this photo capturing service, but it was a little bit of the tail wagging the dog at that point. I mean, we, we, had to, we had to develop what we needed to be an effective event services firm and was one of the mistakes of the company, I think, you know, this CEO and Terry is my kind of co-partner. We didn't, we didn't really want to be that. So we're, we're in a business we don't, didn't really want to be in. We didn't want to be an event services firm flying all over. And didn't, we didn't want to have a warehouse of, you know, full of kiosks and photo kiosks. So, and then all the inevitable stuff that comes along with that kind of gets thrown into the pot. I mean, before you know it, you're negotiating with a company in China to build your own kiosk and we're shipping those to the U.S. And, you know, so those, there's not a lot of barrier to entry, those type of things. Not not deep barrier of entry. I mean, anyone anyone knows how to order something from China can uh, can can do something like that. But uh, so we we now come back to the point where we're re-emerging as a, a software firm. Okay. We had to go through COVID to kind of really slap us in the face because as an event services firm at the beginning of COVID, that was that was the end of business because there were no events. There were no events. No events to be held, so we we went from a multi-million dollar run rate to about zero run rate, and from seventeen employees down to you know about two or three employees. Just there's you know what are we going to do here, guys? There's no and gals. There's no there's no business. There's you know we can't pay pay anyone. So it did give us the uh, impetus to sit back and say, wait a minute, we we really have something here, and it's very cool. And for better or worse, we've spent years building bells and whistles into it so it can do a lot of a lot of bell and whistle type stuff that goes far beyond just taking a photo and delivering it and i won't go into all that here because it's too much but there's i mean there's some cool esoteric features that that are built into it that came to be because you know some company somewhere that had the money to pay for it said i i want this or i want that we still get those requests today we got a request a month ago from a company that says, I want face recognition built into your software. So we, we can do that. We quoted them out because they, they didn't want to walk around and have people uh, record their email address. They didn't want to create, they kill the buzz of the party. They just want to r- walk around and take photos. So we pre-register everyone that comes in through a pre-registration module. And then the photographer walks around and just takes photos and it automatically delivers them to them. So that no one, no one has to stop and ask anything. And then once it delivers them, then we can add, then we can, get a more extensive survey from them uh, if we want. So a lot of bell and whistle stuff like that, you know, circles brings us back around to being more of a software company, building specialty products for brands and agencies that have, that want, that, you know, want or need this, this type of activity. And then we sat down, uh, it, it really, you know, maybe right at the beginning of COVID and said, okay, what's, where's the big market now? I mean, how big is the photo booth market? It's, it's, it's not huge, I, you know, and it's a, an odd market in itself. Where's the big market? Mm-hmm. What we identified was um, the youth sports market as being a market where we could play with what we had, redesign it in a way that served a special need in that market. So we created the digital sports card. Where oh, that's awesome. Any youth athlete can, can take their photo and turn it into a digital sports card, and we married that to a fundraising mechanism on the back end. So I grab your photo, I turn it into a digital sports card, you send it to your aunts, uncles, friends, family, and fans, 
and say, hey, my team's raising money. To raise money, you get to bid on my sports card. And then we back that with an NFT. We have a number of apps in the store. One of them is Blockchain Photos, which allows a uh, consumer to take a photo. We build an NFT around, around it or be, behind it. So you can walk out and take sunset photos and say, I want an NFT of this photo. And then, and then we can automatically add an NFT to that, hold it in our wallet until such time as that sunset photographer says, okay, I want to transfer that to my wallet now or put it in, in our gallery or put it in our marketplace for sale. So we built a, a, a mechanism and a series of activities around that. But the youth, the youth market itself, the youth sports market, was extremely enticing. I mean, there's no NIL issues around, no, no you know, image likeness technicalities or legalities around it. They're kids, they're 12-year-olds and 16-year-olds. They don't have contracts signed yet, so no one's protecting their image. It's a novelty approach. We're creating the NFT for the novelty of it. It's the novelty that your aunts, uncles, friends, and family can buy into, and they're, they're donating somehow. They're going to they're gonna do, you know, you're going to sell them chocolate or magazine subscriptions or whatever, you know, high school kids sell. Uh, instead of that, here's a photo of a, of a digital sports card that's NFT backed. And, uh, oh, and by the way, we can also build that into physical cards so that the, uh, your, your team can have, your entire team can have its pack of, of, uh, of digital sports cards. So every, every gal or guy or every person on the team, every player gets their own uh, sports card. And the back's a picture of the team, and it's sponsored by the sponsor. So we, so we really have a full uh, ecosystem. We're, we're taking photos of, of digital players, um, of youth players. We automatically set up the fundraising mechanism, so they just post it. Uh, it looks like a sports card, and you bid right there. The uh, team, obviously, or the school gets the lion's share of the money. The youth athlete gets their NFT. Their aunt or uncle gets, you know, gets the NFT. And they get uh, a collection of cards to, to uh, share with their team members. So it's a bit of a novelty. Them. It's a fun way to, uh, to raise money. So that's kind of the direction the company's gone in. If we look at what there is to do in the NFT world, in the blockchain world, and how we can tie this into photos, whether it's proof of attendance or you know, any of the other myriad ways you can use an NFT now that actually makes sense versus kind of in insane ways that are also there. You know, we, we built a mechanism to go and create that for any brand or agency that wants to do that. So that's, that's what we're marketing now. I have a feeling I'm getting off point with you, but... No, but here's the deal. Uh, you, you just, you really did a great job at summarizing how everything has kind of come full circle. I love it. And I honestly think as somebody that grew up with, you know, baseball cards, football cards. I have kids now that like this idea just seems brilliant to me. Like, you know, because you can sell the chocolates, you can sell all of these. Now we're parents, you know, like, and now like if we were to institute baseball cards for fundraising for my kids, like it makes so much sense. Like I'm excited that you guys have come up with that idea. So I love, love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still we still have to market it and sell it, but we built uh, we built the engine, so uh, we're we're excited to get it out there in the marketplace and decided to get to get some of this uh, uh, other kind of high end solutions that we built out in the marketplace. And, and the youth market is particularly interesting in combined with sports because it's really a combination of two of the things that people are most passionate about. 
you know, they're, people are passionate about sports and they're passionate about their kids. So, you know, we, we're combining those into something that memorializes that moment, and, uh, memorializes the, uh, that image of their child as a potential star. We ask them to strike poses so they, uh, you know, they can strike a pose for the card. And then and that, that's actually uh, the winner of, the, uh, of, the, of this particular contest. So okay. all, the ki- all, all 52 uh, cheerleaders got sports cards. They all put them up for auction. And that particular gal that I just happened to pull out was the one that raised the most amount of money. So she got the NFT and got some other prizes, et cetera. So it's all, it's all fun. That's great. I mean, I just spent my Sunday afternoon going through all of my childhood photos, which included every sporting team that I was a part of for, you know, for the first, you know, 18 years of my life. And so precious memories that you're kind of bringing up, repurposing. I mean, for me as a parent, I can see my entire generation being totally on board with what you guys are doing. So right, you're hired. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's totally great. I love, I mean, I, I, I think that there's a, there's a serious market to it. Going back to kind of, you know, something that was really interesting uh, to me, Ron, when you were sharing kind of the evolution of the company had to do with, you found yourself in, in, in a business that you didn't necessarily want to be part of, you know, you were in kind of the service industry and you wanted to be a software industry, not service. Uh, you were in events, you were in specifically with events, you know, like how long did it take you to kind of realize that you and your partner to kind of say, Hey, we're we're not necessarily where we want to, where we want to be. And how do we get out of there? And those types of things, was it COVID that kind of made that transition for you or? No, it was, it was earlier than that. It was, um, you know, uh, like many things, it kind of fogs in. And as long as you're making money, everything's great. But as soon as, you know, as soon as you're not making, you know, that much money anymore, it's like, what, what are we doing here? You know, how is this? So, I mean, we had, we had some great successes early on. I mean, we did a multi-million dollar deal with the Army National Guard where they put, they put picture mark in the, in the box in every state in the union to, to uh, recruit. Then when the, the wars started, all of a sudden they needed no more recruiting because <laughs> everyone went, patriotically was joining up. So, but there was, but, you know, for big rollouts like that, uh, we had big visions of how that could happen. And that was an example of it, but we had to get away from the hardware and bring it back to just software. So it became a software rollout and the iPhone and iPad helped do that because now all of a sudden everyone has the camera in their pocket. So we did an event yesterday with 15 photographers and we didn't have to supply uh, any cameras. It was high school kids with iPhones and Androids. So they, you know, and it was a a charity event at a local kind of Christmas parade type thing. And rolling out uh, becomes a different vision when you don't have to, uh, well, let me just say, when you have to, when somebody has to buy a million dollars worth of equipment, or, or $1.7 million worth of just the equipment like the Army National Guard did, that's a pretty big gating item for a lot, a lot of companies you know, to do that. But if we're just rolling out software, software as a service, you know, we've had, probably had five or six signups today for an annual license. They're just buying the software, and we really don't even have to speak with them. They log on, they, uh, they use it. There's a uh, kind of a wizard they can go through and build their own campaigns, and they'll build 100, 200 different campaigns. 
and it lends itself to a lot of small time users also, which is a, is you know another another type of market, the kind of do it yourself, small medium business that do kind of weekly parties or weekly events, either with a 360 booth or just, you know regular photo events. They can log on, create their own um, uh, backgrounds, create their own overlays. And then our job is to keep the software cool, fresh, uh, current. So we're, we've added now uh, automated uh, audio overlays. You can click a button and choose from 20 different music genres. We added animated overlays. You can click a button and add falling snow or bubble rise, bubbles rising and that type of thing. And you can really take our software and turn a four or five second video clip into a 30 second commercial. You take the video clip, you add a pre-roll of your product. You take the video clip, we loop it, loop it, loop it, loop it, treat it, treat it, treat it, treat it. You add commercials at the end, slides of you know upcoming shows or whatever, and then an out, outro audio. So now you're taking four seconds of a guest and they're a, they're a star in a commercial. So I think I got that's off track. Impressive. I think I got that's off track impressive. again, but that's <laughs> I, impressive. I like talking about the product. That's great. So we've talked a little bit about kind of, you know, like kind of how you started the business. As you've walked through this business in particular, what has been kind of like the biggest professional and personal test for you kind of through, you know, operating and being the CEO of Picture Marketing? Well, I think to keep from getting burnt out because it's, again, it's gone full cycle a couple of times. So it's, uh, we built it up and then things were going well and then COVID or 9-11 or, you know, the, the economic collapse or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're, you're working 80 hours you know, a week again. So, you know, it's been challenging to not get burnt out and to kind of keep, keep the enthusiasm going and, you know, keep everyone on the team enthused, you know, and, and it's, um, so that, that's been, that's been challenging to just kind of stay at the top of your game and the, and the top of your enthusiasm. However, I, I have to say, you know, as, as, uh, you know, any business Sage will tell you, you have to keep reinventing the product and, and to reinvent it in some of the ways that we've reinvented it recently really rejuvenates your enthusiasm for it all. I mean, I think if we, if it was just an event business right now, it, it would be, it would be tough to stay enthused. But what we've done with the kind of blockchain photos and with the NFT market uh, and some of the other modules that we're putting in place that are high end, it's, you know, it's, it's very exciting. And, and, Big companies are looking for novelty solutions like that, and you know, I mean, the the re, you know, you don't you don't really need an NFT of you at the concert, really, when you get right down to it. But the, you know, big companies love love that novelty approach to it, and uh, you know, to, and here's proof that I was there, type thing, you know, proof of attendance type stuff. So my point my point is, you get reenthused when you because all of a sudden it's a multi million dollar uh, potential again. You know, maybe you know, maybe much much more than that. Uh, so rebuilding the kind of SaaS subscription end of the business, which is always always good to do, and and building anew this kind of whole uh, NFT and blockchain element into it really has, has kind of rejuvenated us all and said, oh, "Wait a minute, we're onto something here." Yeah, no, that makes lots of sense. I, I love it. I love it. Just, I mean, you you went into it as far as burnout, right? So. A big thing that when we talk with um, you know founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, how you take care of yourself, burnout is you know definitely always there. And so the fact that you kind of hit on that, I mean, it's just really important. 
when you think about like what are some of the lessons that you've learned through leading this company we, personally for you what do you think some have been some big takeaways for you well i think uh, some of the big takeaways that some of the things that that, that i've been reminded are important and i haven't necessarily mastered you know i think in the software business where soft where software is a you know b to b to c type software or, or a, a do-it-yourself type of market, simplicity is king. And we haven't really always towed that line. I mean, we built a complex product that was a bit complex to explain and interfaces that were complex to navigate. And sometimes we couldn't see the forest for the trees. We built them, you know, we designed them. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not a software designer, so it was another, another problem. But, uh, you know, building the software and then using it just works, makes perfect sense to me. But, you know, I bring you into it and it's like you're walking around a, a room with the blindfold on, bumping into walls and you don't know what's what. I, I, I've seen a couple of studies uh, that really impressed me, that, that really drove home the point that there's nothing more important than simplicity. And one was, I don't remember the name of the company, it was a major study they had done and they, they, they rated all these different categories uh, against simplicity, you know how how much people like your company, the product, the colors, the I mean, just a, a whole array of things. Simplicity knocked everything. I mean, if the product was simple, people didn't care that it was more expensive, less expensive, <laughs> harder to get to. You know, it's just if the product was simple to use, that trumped everything. So that's certainly one of the one of the lessons that we learned along the way. So we're taking we're actually just about to re. Uh, re-release the user interface uh, in in ways that um, we think are simpler. Hopefully, we haven't shot ourselves in the foot again and says simple to us looks good to us. <laughs> and so that that was a lesson. I think you know straightforward stuff. I mean, my dad always you know, barked at me to watch the nickels in your business. You know, pay attention, pay attention to the uh, paper clips. Yep. You know, I mean, he always said that, you know people will. Uh, do what you inspect, not what you expect. So, you know, it's important to keep uh, a handle on what people are doing and doing it, do it in such a way that doesn't seem uh, tyrannical. I, you know, I think you need, in a complex business, you need to be a good delegator. Um, you know, I don't think that's one of my personal heavy strengths. I tend to, one of the things I have to find is I tend to, I tend to want to do everything myself and tend to just take it on myself. Um, you know, don't do, don't do stupid things, I guess. <laughs> well, can you give me like, I mean, not like an example, but like, what, give you an flesh example. That out, we'll flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, uh, I mean, early on, it, you were in, were in a, a business that didn't really know a lot about as a software business. So you tend to, um, you tend to follow the advice of people more readily. And there are plenty, there was no lack of advisors. Uh, telling us what to do. So, you know, advisors don't have the same vested interests that you do. So the, the great ones are great. And there's there's plenty of mediocre advisors out there that will tell you to do this or do that or, you know, read my book. And, <laughs> but I, I remember, I, I mean, just following your common sense. I remember early on, um, we created a product because some somebody said this would be a good product for you to create. And here's a guy that I think will invest in it. So the, the, what the product was, we were going down to the beach and taking photos of surfers wearing hasps that um, 
you know, had numbers on them with a $10,000 telephoto lens and then trying to sell them that photo. And so we built a company around that because we had an investor. But as you learn as, as an entrepreneur, the, the length of, of time and distance between somebody saying they will invest and actually investing is, <laughs> can be infinite. So <laughs> we, we, I, I remember having this $10,000 camera down at the beach in the blowing sand, and we had hired somebody to sit there on a stool and take photos, and they, they had the branded, you know, branded umbrella and asking surfers to wear a hasp. And the whole thing, in retrospect, is, was absurd and ridiculous and you know complete waste of time and money but we had this photo capture mechanism and you know people that were uh, eager to give us ways to use it so that was one of the things we did where if you just stop for a second and slow down and look at you know does it really make sense to do that so that's still a question we got to ask ourselves all the time because one of the problems with the with the business Kyle with the nature of this business is that you're taking photos and photos can be taken anywhere of anything. So, you know, we, we could go in any direction and we have, you know, it's been real estate. It's been, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, and we still get requests, you know, now even from companies that want us to do very specific, particular things with our, with our technology that really pull us off in, in that direction. It's just like the pull of the pull of gravity. So where if you just, State, you know what you want to do and set your goal and stay your course and not let these other things just kind of pull you to and fro and so you can get a lot farther because it's there's just too much stuff going on sometimes in, in our world and in our little, our little world and our business, you know, our personal business world that trying to do too many things at once can, can get you nowhere. Well, that's interesting that you say that because your product is around photos in marketing, which is, which is everywhere and anything. So to to me, it makes sense that it would be a unique difficulty for you guys to hone in on what you would do with something that's so broad, if that makes sense. It it is. And it has been so, and and we have 16 apps uh, and they, they point in different directions. We have uh, photos at motor sales for the auto world. You get your car and you get your photo taken. So make, that makes perfect sense. That passes a sniff test. It's a glorious moment. Creates a, a different type of warm, fuzzy connection between the the, uh, the company that sold you the car and yourself. You post it to the web. We had a we modeled it in Canada. Had a hundred dealerships sign up just before COVID. Um, so that's photos at motor sales. We have sports media, which is a, a sports app that's focused. It, you know, it's in the app, in the app store. Sports media. You can download it. Folks is taking the. We have Zoom Media. A zoo, a, a zoo marketer came to us and said, I, "I'm going to put this in every zoo in the United States." On and on and on. So you know, before you know it, you have 16 apps and 10 of which are are you know not used because you don't have the marketing power, you know, to behind them. You don't have a I don't have a sales team that can go to the zoos and market to the zoos. And and as always, you need people that are in that world and know that world to know they need to know the language and how to, you know, how to do it all. And, 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 you know, just even raw photo sales, we have, uh, you know, individual users now that generate thousands of dollars worth of photo sales, just selling photos, just take, take pictures and there it's a picture for sale. So the point is that the mechanism of the tool lends itself to so many different directions that we're just sometimes have been sitting here, just turning in different directions going, okay, now try this. 
now try this, now try this, now try this. And where if we, you know, if we just focus in one direction, uh, you know, go at, um, an inch wide and a mile deep versus the, the, uh, the you know, the converse and, you know, get you, get you a lot further. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing kind of the sage advice, Ron. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Love, you know, we love talking about the company and, uh, I'm happy to, happy to, uh, have made, made the connection with you and happy to get, the, get the, uh, message out there about what we do. Yeah. If, if people wanted to connect with you directly or picture marketing, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the website, picturemarketing.com. Okay. Uh, I won't give you the other 14 websites, but <laughs> <laughs> I will give you one other one. We, uh, we sportsengager.com. Okay. Sportsengager was just, just to give you an example of, okay, here's a whole different direction with a whole different website and a whole different brand. Um, yeah. but Ron at picturemarketing.com is my email address. Okay. Um, I just come to the website and knock on my door and, uh, we're there and, you know, we have, uh, any, any of the team would love to talk to, to anyone out there and tell them what we do. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, I so appreciated our conversation and thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks. My pleasure. You take care now. Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.